are the Seahawks the best team in the best division? Will Pete Carroll finally let Russ cook for the duration of an entire season? Will the return of fans in the stands be enough to make Seattle uh, a tough place to play again and maybe help squeeze out an extra win or two? Let's get into it all. Let's hit the opening bell and preview the Seattle Seahawks. Welcome, Kings, to this edition of the Not Your Daddy's Sports Betting Podcast and live stream presented by Sportfolio Kings, the future of plus EV sports betting research where we leverage fundamental handicapping, data science, and Wall Street-style portfolio management principles to help make you a sharper, more informed better. Yes, it's preseason 2021. We're diving into all 32 teams over the course of the summer. Evaluating market expectations, providing you with our preliminary analyses and predictions. So we head into mid-September and go into week one. So let's talk some Seahawks football. Let's set the stage. Look back to 2020. Vegas let estimated Russ wins. Let yes, Russ let Russ cook. cook. Let is Russ he? Cook. Is he? Uh, going into 2020, Vegas estimated wins nine and a half. The record. 12 and 4 outperform expectations quite decisively. ATS record 8 and 8. So underperformed the straight up record there um, rather convincingly. Average margin of victory almost a touchdown around six points. Uh, so when they won, they won um, rather decisively. Average cover, barely a point, which is kind of indicative of that eight and eight overall ATS record realized a strength of schedule 20th. Mm -hmm. So it was not too tough of a schedule despite playing in one of the toughest divisions. Mm -hmm. um, so let's look back on the Seattle Seahawks from a week by week basis in 2020. Um, not too much signal in this one. I think what you were mentioning prior to recording, Zach, makes a lot of sense. Basically, the Seahawks started the season pretty hot. Um, Pete Carroll did let Russ cook. And the market was hesitant to buy in to that narrative, kind of thinking that it wasn't going to last. They were right, but they abandoned that thesis come mid-season exactly when that flip that that script kind of flipped started to buy into the Seahawks midseason uh and that's when <laughs> it was much choppier waters from an ATS perspective so Seahawks started the season off 4-0 ATS you know kind of blazing hot Seahawks looked like one of the best offenses in the NFL really just letting uh uh the you know Pete Carroll letting this offense you know just really rip letting Russ throw the ball deep downfield, putting up 30, 40 points a game. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Kind of caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, but then good old Pete Carroll, uh, you know, was was not happy through. Again, there was a little bit of bumpy waters there where maybe the Seahawks offense didn't perform as it did in the first few weeks of the season. 
uh, and I'm thinking this the, the Ram Seahawks game kind of midish middle of the season was kind of a defining moment when uh, you know they were able to only put up 13 points through halftime, ended up only scoring 16 points for the game, losing to the Rams, um, and it was then that you know Pete Carroll kind of abandoned the let Russ cook playbook and then started to run much more heavily moving forward, which is when they did not perform as, as well as they did, especially ATS, because then the market kind of got ahead of itself, started pricing in an offense that was going to be scoring a lot of points on a regular basis. And that's when, you know, they actually reverted and stopped doing that. And so we can see here pretty much any time the, the market, you know, kind of really started to buy into the Seahawks, you know, they were they were kind of let down. So we can kind of see there week seven, week nine, week 10, week 15, week five, you know, all weeks were over 20% support and, and kind of were let down, especially when you look at over the second half of the season. The only, there was only two weeks Week eight and week 12 were the only weeks when the market kind of bought into the Seahawks and Seahawks betters were rewarded. So if you didn't capitalize on Seahawks in the beginning of the season, you lost money. You're most likely treading water over the latter half of the year. What else do you, what else some of your kind of key takeaways from the Seahawks in, in 2020? Um, yeah, I think that Pete Carroll solidified himself as not a great head coach in that one of the worst 12 and four teams down the stretch, I think from memory's sake, that I think we've seen. And, and it just, it's just like everything fell apart. The entire, and the defense wasn't good all season, but then actually it was almost like the defense was getting better towards the end of the season and the offense became completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. like it, it, remember the first four weeks and then remember the last three weeks. It was almost like two different teams, like completely. Yep. And it's just baffling how a coach can let that happen because you should, in theory, be improving. You know, take, take the Sean Paytons and Bill Belichick's of the world. Typically, their teams struggle when they have good teams, struggle the first two to four weeks. And then as the season progresses, they write the shit. They get everyone, you know, everyone on the same page. And that's that's who they are come playoff time. And they get to championship games and Super Bowls. Carroll, I, I don't know. I don't know how this you let that happen. Um, yeah. So just in general, I think this is a. Do you trust Pete Carroll to? Yep. Not be Pete Carroll next year. Yep. I don't know. Also, it's not a question we've had to ask ourselves too often in the past, but it's, can you trust Russell Wilson? So. He had always been a quarterback in the past that you can kind of rely on. He's not going to be the reason why, you know, you lose a game, especially if it's close or you know, like if, if there's a two minute drill, it's like you want to be on the Russell Wilson side to kind of lead the team down the field for the game winning score. And there were multiple games last year where I feel like there was cracks mm. in the trustworthiness mm. of supporting Russell Wilson, where he had two 
three interception games, mm. throwing pick right. sixes, mm. throwing interceptions in the red zone. These are not things that he did. No, for years. Now, maybe it was has something to do with the playbook or trying to force the issue or, you know, I don't know, trying to make a statement of, you know, you know, he's just trying to do too much because he's not given, he wasn't being given the same opportunities as he was early on in the season. I think real quick. I don't know what was going on there, but there was multiple things we saw from Russell Wilson from a negative perspective that we did not see before. Well, and I think you just hit it. I think you hit it as far as what I, what I would conclude is I think it might've been in part because of the rebellious nature of what happened last year. Because you gotta remember, they started the season, Russ was amped, offense was amped. We're gonna go after it, we're gonna be explosive, we're gonna throw downfield, we're gonna build leads early, and we're gonna score 30 points a game. And that's what they went out, and that's what they did. Then Pete Carroll pulled the reins back. Well, you've already unleashed the beast. You've all, like, the, like Russ is already like, well, I can do it. Like, why, like, why, what do you mean? No, I'm not gonna let you stop me. Like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna force the issue. I'm gonna push the envelope. And maybe that's where some of those errors and judgment started to rear their head is he's basically trying to squeeze in his, you know, his authority as QB over the coaching staff who wanted to pull the reins back. Mm-hmm. And so I think it all comes down to the synergies uh, of 2021. Do we get a repeat? Is it better or is it worse? Is is where the pulse I think we, we have to find before the market does. Mm-hmm. And when we go to the next slide and just look at some of the stats from 2020, you know, there's also some concerns around so the Seahawks offensive line has kind of always been a question mark, a liability, something that, you know, Russell Wilson's athleticism and agility has already has usually, you know, helped mitigate against. He's kind of, you know, um his overall ability to move around in the pocket has helped make the offensive line probably look better mm. than it is or like less bad than it actually is. Whereas can you imagine if that offensive line had a more stagnant statue like quarterback? I mean, I think, you know, Russell Wilson allows them to not invest in their offensive line, which they didn't this off season either. Well, and, and, and look, at the, look at the sack percentage. I mean, 29th yeah. in the NFL yeah. still with Russell Wilson. That's like mm-hmm. to your point. It's just like, mm-hmm. no wonder why he's not happy. Yep. And also third down conversion, 27th in the NFL. So usually third downs, you know, again, when the, the team, you know, defense might bring blitzes or otherwise put more pressure on the quarterback. This is your last chance to move the sticks. And so when the offensive line, you know, is going to be under the most pressure and they fail. Yeah. Um, so some worrying signs there. Seventh in points, 28.2. A lot of that probably heavily weighted towards the front half of the season. Um, defensively, middle of the road, points 16th. Red zone scoring percentage, 17th. 
pass completion percentage, 19th. Takeaways, 19th. Sacks, 12th. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was average. Very average. And it got better, to your point, over the course of the second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it improved over the course. You know, I, I think going to the next slide of seeing their ads and additions is kind of going to get tell us more, which I don't think they did a whole lot. I mean, they did some things. No, but they didn't. They had, a, you know, they had Gerald Everett as tight end. I think that could be a little bit of a bump for the offense. Um, but besides that, I mean, it's really going to come down to the, the Shane Waldron offensive coordinator addition. Um, I believe he was a passing game coordinator for the Rams, if memory mm -hmm, serves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think if, if that plays out and Russell Wilson's let him cook favor, uh, that'll benefit the offense. But the defense, I mean, didn't really do much except get older. I feel like they lost, you know, their average corners. Um, Shaq Griffin, Quentin Dunbar. I just KJ Wright, KJ Wright. Oh, he he's gone. I don't remember. Um, so I don't know. I I just don't see this defense being much better than they were last year. So you have another average defense. But I mean, like we said, they win nine games a year. So mm -hmm. you got a pencil and rust to, you know, when the market's flat on them, probably a good time to consider them. I think I had a rule before last year that like if Russ was getting more than plus three. It's yeah. just it's almost an auto bet because of his ability to come back late in games. But like you said, did we see cracks in the armor last year or was that actually just a product of kind of like an Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy type problem that maybe remedies itself or the new coach remedies that that problem? Mm -hmm. um, so just something to keep an eye yeah. out in the offseason, I think. Yeah, and I, man, I don't really know if it matters who the OC is because, you. you know, last year, Schottenheimer wasn't wasn't the reason why the offense struggled in the second half of the season. In fact, he may have been the reason why it excelled in the first half of the season. Yeah. And then it's when Pete Carroll, you know, wanted to start to dominate mm. and reassert his old school football philosophy know into a game by game game script perspective that is when this started to dramatically underperform and you know by adding a new oc is not going to change that from possibly happening the main off-season take is nothing on the screen it has nothing to do with who they added or who they lost it has to do with the whole kerfuffle that russell wilson made mm -hmm in the beginning of the off season when there was a lot of rumors around him asking for trade, uh, kind of like pulling an Aaron Rodgers. And as we know, that eventually resolved itself. And so you have to ask yourself, well, how and why did that resolve itself? Was there some sort of, again, backdoor commitment agreement with Russell Wilson, who's been vocal about wanting to be used more as a Aaron Rodgers type quarterback, a Patrick Mahomes type quarterback, something that he's already demonstrated that he can be and to not take the football out of his hands in the second half of the season and in the key moments of the game. Mm. And that was obviously the reason why he wanted out 
or reportedly wanted out of Seattle was because he doesn't want to be in that position anymore. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't want to be a top five QB who's treated like a bottom 15 QB. Yes. You know, like, no. Yeah. And so, so there are some backdoor agreements made. There has to have been. So only reason why some of that turmoil and, and pressure, hmm. you know, was released. And so is there a commitment now from Pete Carroll and this coaching staff that we're going to put the ball in your hands, Russ, we're going to let you cook. And this is the year for sure. Like we're going to keep going with it. We're, we're not going to just going to do it for the first half of the season, run to a few speed bumps, then be like, Hey, wasn't a good idea. And let's go back to, yeah. to running the ball that we're not going to do that this year. Hmm. This is going to be a full year of letting Russ cook. Hmm. What do you think? I think, I mean, I, I, I think that's the plus EV decision for the team is you might as well, like that's, that's the pathway to getting to the playoffs and a potential Super Bowl run. Um, not letting Russ cook is okay. You're a 10 win team that maybe makes the playoffs and loses in the first round. So it's Pete Carroll. Sure. And we're not in the business of, of saying what they should do. But what are they going to do? That's how you make money in yeah. this business. Yeah, well, I think is there's way too many sports mm-hmm. enthusiasts, academics, the PFFs of the world trying to say, well, this is what this team should do. And you know, this is a really great way, like as if they're on the coaching staff helping dictate the next moves from the team. You're not. It doesn't matter. Who cares what they should do? I don't care what they should do. I want to know what are they going to do? Well, I, Tell me what you think they're going to do, because that's how you make money. Yes. Um, well, that's something I think you, anybody, needs to determine based on the rest of this uh, preseason is determine are those synergies going to be cleared up and Russ is going to be handed the reins. Um, and that's the tell. That's the signal is I don't have that yet. But hopefully before the season starts, we will have that. Maybe. Well, you're not going to get that from the preseason. What, no, what's but, your but prediction? You can, but I think from conversations inside the locker room and, you know, picking up on talks and game plans. Um, I don't know. Different. I don't think you're going to get any signal there because I think you're going to for sure see it in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, Just like you did well, last yeah. year. The question is, is, is it going to be sustainable? Mm-hmm. Is Pete Carroll going to say they did make a backdoor agreement? Does he have the deportment to maintain that agreement and not buckle under his own ego and think that, you know, I, you know, again, it's all about when you hit those moments of adversity in the season, is that going to be a sufficient catalyst? for then Pete Carroll to revert back Mm. to him thinking that actually he knows best. Is that going to happen? Tell us that. I don't have the answer today. Give me some time. Let me, let me (laughs) sulk in it. Um, My hot take is Pete Carroll is an old dog. Old dogs don't learn new tricks. So there's definitely, Mm. there's going to be some highlights of let Russ cook, but It'll probably end up being more of the same and and stretches. So 
yeah, I mean, they can't rely on on the defense. Um, that's for sure. Um, so it's going to have to be a team that, again, is going to have to put up a sufficient amount of points to... And, and I, if I'm the Seahawks real quick, and we can touch on the schedule, is why, like, I understand Pete Carroll got you a Super Bowl and you've had a good team for now, I guess a decade almost. But it's time to move on. Like, it's okay to let Pete Carroll go. He's old, like, he's old. For sure. And, For and sure. institute a new coaching regime that's going to benefit Russell's skill set. Like, just do it. Yeah. So maybe this yeah. season is the final, like, ah, uh, you lost in the divisional round of the playoffs again. Like, let's pick a side. It's either Pete yeah. or it's Russell. Well, we yeah. know. We know. Actually, I'm surprised as, as we go and we move on to the next slide, looking at the 2021 schedule Vegas estimated wins nine and a half so a full game less than the Rams estimated strength of schedule 16th Super Bowl odds plus 2500 playoffs yes no minus 120 plus 100 so barely leaning to the yes of course tough division no doubt but nine and a half wins I mean again that's Russ has done that his whole career. Mm. I feel like I, I want to lean over on this. When we look at the schedule, Colts week one, great spot. Yeah. Titans week two, I'm going to let Bearish and Titans. Bad defense. Then you got a little bit of a, a tough road. You got Vikings, Niners, Rams. That's a little bit of a tough spot there. Mm. And then you got Steelers, Saints, Jags go into the bot. I, I think that's three winnable games right there. Again, I'm embarrassing the Saints. I don't know how I feel about Pittsburgh really yet. Yeah. But they're not going to be great. Then you come out of the bye. You got Packers, Cards, Washington, Niners. Mm, tough stretch. That's a tough stretch. Then you got... Texans, Rams, Bears, Lions mm. close the season versus the Cardinals. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a tougher schedule than I think the estimated strength of schedule thinks it is. I mean, I think it's dependent on a couple teams how good or not they are this season, but... Um, yeah, so I can mean, you find 10 wins? Yeah, I mean... They're only, I mean, they're only favored in what, nine of these? So they're not even favored in 10 games. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a tough schedule. It's not easy. So it's, they're not getting to 12 wins again. It's going to be a 10. So, yeah, so they're favored, they're favored in, in 10, but short favorites versus Rams, Rams 49ers, Niners, Cards, Division games. Again, also playing probably some of the the three worst teams in the yeah. NFL. There's also Lions, be... Texans, Jags. Yeah, those are three wins. And again, I think the Saints are not going to be good. So, I mean, Sean Payton's a decent coach, though. He can squeeze. I think the Saints are going to be like uh, the Patriots of last year. Bill Belichick's one of the greatest coaches. Oh, yeah, but I mean, that's eight. I mean, what, eight wins? They're, yeah, they're not going to be 12 wins, probably, but. 
seven eight win team is likely. Perhaps, perhaps. So it's what I'm saying. It's just, it's but still I, I don't see it with ja with Jameis Winston. I don't see it with Taysom Hill. So it looks like <laughs> we might be bearish on the Saints. There you go. Um, I am bearish on the Saints. Yeah, and I think the the bigger picture, you know. If, if the Seahawks are going to like run this schedule and get into the playoffs, it's going to be on Russell Wilson's back. Um, I'm not I'm not necessarily against a Super Bowl run here. If if it's a, a let Russell become MVP hook season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. Actually, the, the Russ MVP, you remember again through the first five six weeks of last year it was like slam dunk that russ will that russell wilson's gonna be the mvp yeah. and then that evaporated yeah who even won it i don't remember now rogers oh yeah rogers mvp tour that's right revenge tour yeah um it's you know I don't know. I think this. Seahawks... I see definitely ten wins here though again assuming health etc yeah. of course and then if they unleash russ 11 12 definitely over 10 because you got colts I, again i'm not high on the niners per se hmm. so you got colts i could see sweep of the niners that's three one beat of the rams four uh saints jacks six one beat of the cardinals seven Texans, Lions. Now you're what at night. And then all you got to do is maybe beat the Bears in Seattle. Maybe beat the, maybe beat Pittsburgh. Maybe beat the Titans. Yeah, they can beat those teams. Maybe sweep the cards. I don't think they're going to sweep the cards. They always like struggle first. Yeah, they the first struggle. Um, I, I see 10, 11, wins well and like you said i mean what predicting that this goes under nine or nine and a half i mean is an outlier with with russ wilson as qb that's so true there's no that's, that's, there's no point even doing it like it's either an over no, no you you basically have to be leaning in the direction of there's gonna there's going to be injuries yeah which and you, that's which you can't predict and that's yeah. yeah so the play's over no i don't like overs i mean you and i we you know did some yeah. research as well and basically showed that the futures market prices in like eight, nine wins that are impossible to even achieve when you aggregate all the estimated mm -hmm. wins. So the bias is clearly to the over, so much so that it's an impossible feat mathematically. So you want to find reasons to lean under. Yeah. And for the most part, I think we do a pretty good job of doing that. Yeah, no, you're right. But nine and a half for the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, it's it's... It's low enough to go over if you if you want to bet it, I think. Yeah. Especially again, because I'm maybe not as high on the Niners and cards yeah. as the market is. That gives me an extra cushion. And also I'm not as high on the Saints as the market is. An another level of, mm -hmm. of extra cushion. That I think that this team is mispriced. Yeah. Good point. That's fair. Um anything else right. to wrap up on on Seahawks or no, I think that pretty much closes um, this episode. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. Check out the Sportfolio Kings platform at SportfolioKings.com. 
We're going to have a whole host of plus EV content being released this fall, including our in-house managed portfolios, which will be providing free to all our subscribers all season long. So like we said, this ain't your daddy's sports betting. Uh, so let's get you out there, get prepped to take your bookie to the woodshed. And of course, ping me.